Hello, welcome to The Wire Podcast. My name is Ryan, and today I am going to be recapping everything that happened in college football and the NFL over the last week. I got a lot to talk about, uh, so let's not go ahead, not waste any time, and dive into these topics. The first thing I want to talk about before I get into any games, I want to talk about the Tua Tungabailoa situation. Um, now, if you're an NFL fan, or really a football fan in general, you probably know what I'm talking about, uh, but if you don't know, I'll go ahead and explain everything. So, on Sunday, September 25th, that was last Sunday, not yesterday, but the Sunday before, uh, the, the Miami Dolphins played the Buffalo Bills, and Tua got injured at, at some point. Um, and he got hurt, and when he got back up, he started wobbling. He couldn't really walk uh, walk very well. His, his teammates had to hold him up, and he ended up going back to the locker room. Um, and, and eventually, he was cleared to return to the game, and he played during the second half. Um, and then on Thursday, um, September 29th, the Miami Dolphins played the Cincinnati Bengals, and Tua got hurt once again. Um, he got he was sacked on one play, um, and he hit the ground very hard. And he actually hit his head on the ground. Uh, he hit his head really hard, and ended up getting a, con- a concussion. Um, and the injury looked really bad. It looked really scary. Um, you probably have seen still images of Tua after uh, he suffered the concussion. It looked bad. Um, and he ended up, um, you know, he, he suffered a concussion, ended up going to the locker room. He was taken to the hospital. Um, but thankfully, he's okay. Um, it looked like it could be a, a very serious injury, but he's doing all right now, which is great to hear. That's awesome. But now, there is an investigation, which was started by the NFLPA, or the NFL Players Association, um, and, and this is just an investigation about the whole situation, why Tua, about why Tua was allowed to, you know, return versus the Bills, um, and, and then why he was allowed to play on Thursday night versus the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, because there's a chance, you know, uh, before this, this investigation started, um, we were all thinking that there was a chance that Tua suffered two concussions in about five days, and that would have been a major problem, um, you know, mainly for Tua, because that's like, for that would have put his health um, in the balance, like, that would have been a major issue for his health, but also would have been a major problem for the NFL uh, for allowing him to play uh, on Thursday right after he suffered a concussion that Sunday. That would have been a, a huge problem for the league. Um, and we know that one doctor um, who was unaffiliated with the NFL, allegedly, um, has been fired for clearing Tua to return versus the Bills. Um, apparently, he made a lot of mistakes, um, and, and now he's been fired. And it's clear that a lot of mistakes were made, not only by that doctor, but also by you know the Dolphins coaching staff. I wonder... What's going to happen with that? Like, with the coaching staff, is anybody else going to get, going to receive a punishment? Is head coach Mike McDaniels going to get suspended? Is he going to get punished at all? You know, I doubt that he's going to get fired, but I, I, I do wonder if there's going to be any um, consequences for him, uh, for his role in this situation. Because, you know, obviously he's, he's the guy that has to make the final call and has to allow Tua to play. And he has a responsibility um, to protect his players and to protect his players from themselves. Obviously, if you're a competitor, if you're an athlete and you're competing, you're going to want to play no matter what. And so these coaches 
have to protect players from themselves. Um, and I think that Mike McDaniel should have held Tua out of Thursday's game against the Bengals. I honestly don't think Tua should have been able to return versus the Buffalo Bills. I know um, reports are saying that it was just a back injury that he suffered, but still, um, he was showing signs of a, of a concussion after the play. Um, and it looked bad. The video of him walking after the play was over looks really, really scary. And because of that, I think they should have held, held him out for the second half of that game. And I don't think he should have been allowed to return. Um, or, or I don't think he should have been allowed to play versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and I think this whole situation just looks really bad for the NFL. Um, it just looks like the NFL is prioritizing their product, the games, and money and profits over player safety. And, you know, this isn't really surprising, in my opinion. The NFL is a corporation. Um, they care about about making money more than anything else. Um, and, and they have shown that time and time again. I mean, we've seen that with, you know, the Deshaun, Wat the Deshaun Watson situation. They, they, you know, Deshaun Watson was charged with sexually assaulting over 20 women. And the NFL gave him a slap on the wrist. Because, you know, they care mostly about making money. And they, they, they care about making money way more than they care about, you know, the safety of players. Or, you know, the safety of the people who are surrounding these players. Um, and, and, and it's really bad. And this is just another example of that. Of the NFL's, um, you know you know, lack of understanding or lack of awareness when it comes to, this, to issues like player safety, concussions, you know, stuff like this. These are major problems, and the NFL just doesn't seem to care enough about them, and they're not making them, a, a, you know, a high enough priority, in my opinion. And I think m most people would agree with that. Um, the NFL has to do better when it comes to, the, to these situations. They have to protect them, pl their players from themselves. And the coaching staffs of these individual teams have to do that as well. Um, I think everyone could have done a lot, could have done a, a much better job handling this situation than they did. I'm glad Tua is okay, um, but this could have gone, uh, this could have gone a lot worse. Like th the fact that Tua is all right is a blessing, but a lot of horrific things happened here. Things that could have been prevented, um, and a lot of people failed, and a lot of mistakes were made. Um, I, 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 I'm very interested in seeing the result of this entire investigation, but man, I really hope this never happens again, and I'm just glad that Tua is okay. Alright, let's go ahead and move on, talk about some college football, and let's just, wow, and let's get started talking about um, UCLA shocking Washington in a massive upset on, on Friday night. So UCLA beat number 15, Washington, 40-32, and the Bruins dominated for most of this game. They were playing extremely well. Um, they were dominating, had a big lead. They were 4-0 coming into this matchup, but they had yet to be a quality opponent. Um, and that changed here as they got a huge win, a top 15 win, and, and now they are a top 25 team. Um, right now, they are the um, after, after this weekend, they're the 18th ranked team in the country, and this was a huge win for them. Got to give a huge shout out to Dorian Thompson-Robinson and Zach Charbonnet. Um, both of those guys balled out. Dorian Thompson-Robinson has been absolutely incredible this year. He's been playing very well. He's been way more efficient than he's been in the past. 
Um, his turnovers are low. He's not throwing a ton of interceptions. His completion percentage is very high. Um, and he played very well in this game, recording 315 passing yards, 3 passing touchdowns, and 0 interceptions. He also added 10 carries for 53 rushing yards and 1 touchdown on the ground um, for a QBR of 92.4. He played very, very well. And then Zach Charbonnet, um, he had 22 carries for 124 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown. He also added three catches for 56 yards, um, zero touchdowns, but he played extremely well in this game. He was awesome. Also got to give a shout out to Jake Bobo, who had a wide receiver for UCLA, who had six catches for 142 yards and two touchdowns. He balled out in this game. He was very good. Um, UCLA's offense was just spectacular in this game. Um, they played very well. Also, I want to talk about Washington a little bit. Michael Penix um, didn't have his best game. He had two interceptions. Washington uh, turned the ball over twice in this game. UCLA didn't turn the ball over at all. And that played a big, a big, that was a huge factor in UCLA coming out with the victory here. Uh, but Michael Penix just straight up got outplayed by DTR. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Um, just straight up outplay Michael Penix, and that's huge because Michael Penix has been one of the best quarterbacks in college football this year. He's been ultra productive, um, and in this game, Dorian Thompson Robinson was just the better player. He was extremely good, and I, and I think that is very impressive. But yeah, shout out to UCLA, big win for them. I think they have a legitimate shot to win the Pac-12 this year. Obviously, they have other really good teams in the conference. They got Utah. Oregon, uh, USC, so they got uh, they got a lot of competition in that conference, um, but they've been really good, they got a good quarterback, uh, they got some nice weapons offensively, Zach Charbonnet is a beast, their defense has been playing pretty well this year, um, so I think, I think they have a legitimate shot to win the Pac-12, um, and getting a win like this is huge, especially considering that they have some huge games coming up. Next week, they play Utah, and the week after that, they play Oregon, which are two huge matchups. Um, so we'll see how legit of a team UCLA is the next two weeks. But yeah, big win for them against Washington, and I can't wait to see uh, what UCLA does for the rest of the season because I think they have a chance to be very, very good. All right, let's go ahead and move on and talk about one of the other um, one of the other big games we had this week in college football, and that is Ole Miss uh, versus Kentucky. So in this game, Ole Miss, they took down Kentucky for a huge win, their first win in the season. Ole Miss, number 14 Ole Miss, beat number 7 Kentucky 22-19 to at home. Um, Ole Miss was actually rolling early. Uh, they, had a, they had a big lead early in this game. Uh, but eventually, Kentucky came back to tie the score in the third quarter. Ole Miss kicked a field goal late um, to take the lead late in the third quarter. And their defense dominated in the fourth quarter to win the game. Kentucky had two consecutive possessions late in the fourth quarter where they reached uh, the red zone. Um, and they were, they were, I believe, inside the 10-yard line for both of these possessions. Uh, but they fumbled the ball both times. Um, and, and that ended up securing the victory for Ole Miss. Ole, Miss, Ole Miss's defense played very well in this game. Um, and those two possessions at the end of the fourth quarter were huge and allowed Ole Miss to walk away with a W. Now, Ole Miss was not perfect on offense. 
But their defense played extremely well and played well enough for them to win. Uh, I gotta give a huge shout out to Ole Miss running back, uh, Quinshawn Judkins, who played out of his mind in this game. Let me pull up the box score. He was absolutely fantastic, uh, recording 15 carries for 100, 106 yards and one touchdown. He was very good. He played very well. Gotta give a huge shout out to him. He was awesome. He had so many big runs. Also got to give a huge shout out to um, Malik Keith, wide receiver for Ole Miss. He played well. He had six catches for 100 yards, zero touchdowns. He played well. Um, now, now after this win, Ole Miss is a top 10 team in the country. They are number, I believe they're number nine in the AP Top 25. Yeah, they're number nine, um, which is huge for them. Um, this was a big win. Uh, they were actually favored in this game, so technically it wasn't an upset, even though they were ranked lower than Kentucky. But still, this is a big win. This is a conference win for them. Um, and, and and now Ole Miss, you know, they're looking really, really good. Um, I think they're a very good team. They got a nice quarterback. Jackson Dart um, wasn't perfect in this game, but he made some nice throws. He looked pretty good. Uh, their defense looked fantastic. Their defense made some huge plays, especially late in the game. Um, and, you know, they were going up against a very good quarterback in Will Levis. And, and they played pretty well. I mean, Will Levis was okay, but he had those two fumbles at the end of the game, which ended up costing Kentucky big time. Um, but, yeah, big win for Ole Miss. Uh, can't wait to see what they do uh, throughout the season. Let's see if they have any big games coming up. So, uh, on the 15th, which is not this upcoming weekend, but I think that's the weekend after that. They play Auburn at home. Then they play LSU, A&M, then Alabama. Um, so, they got they got a pretty tough schedule for the rest of the season. Um, if they can play well down the stretch, um, I think they, they have a chance to make the playoff, potentially. Um, they just gotta, they'll have to beat Alabama to do that. Um, but, yeah, a big win for them. Can't wait to see what Ole Miss does for the rest of the season. Now let's move on and talk about the Georgia Bulldogs. So in the, la- in the last episode of this podcast, I talked about the Georgia Bulldogs and how I thought or, or how I think they're taking over college football because they had played so well the first four weeks of the season. Um, and, and they looked great. But right now, the Georgia Bulldogs are struggling. They have not played very well the last two weeks. And I want to talk about it. So let me pull up the box score in this last game. So this weekend, uh, Georgia barely squeaked by the, the Missouri Tigers, winning 26-22. This was a very odd game. Georgia was way better offensively than Missouri, um, but they turned the ball over twice, and the run game wasn't super dominant like it has been. Missouri was really good defensively uh, for a majority of this game, and they got out to a big lead. They were up, let me look, they were up 13 nothing early. Um, in what quarter was it? Let me look. I'm pulling up the play-by-play. Come on, ESPN app. You gonna work with me here? I guess not. Let me go to the CBS Sports app. Um, but Missouri was rolling early. Uh, their offense was, was doing a decent job in the first half. Their defense was playing super well. Their defensive line played very well in, uh, in particular. Uh, let me go to the box score here. Let me find it. I gotta scroll forever. Alright, let's go. Uh, let's look at the game tracker and look at scoring. So, uh, in the second quarter, Missouri had a 13-0 lead. 
Um, and so they were they were just rolling early in this game. Um, and Georgia, could, it took a long time for Georgia to kind of get into a rhythm offensively. Um, eventually they did, and Missouri's offense was just very underwhelming in the red zone. Uh, they took way too many field goals, and their offense simply did not do enough uh, to keep Georgia at bay. Um, they were not, not aggressive enough in the red zone, in my opinion. Um, at, at some point, you got to stop taking field goals. When you're an underdog playing the number one team in the country, you got to go for the kill eventually, and you got to score some touchdowns. Um, they couldn't do that, and, and, and Georgia was finally able to, you know, they woke up late in the game, in the fourth quarter, um, and their offense came alive, and they were able to p- put some points on the board and squeak out a very ugly win. But, yeah, i got to give a huge shout-out to Missouri. They played very well. Their defense looked very good. Um, and they were they were kind of dominating early, and they, they had control of this game for a while. Unfortunately, Georgia is just a very good team, um, and they were able uh, to come through in the end. But big-time performance for Missouri, um, which is wild uh, considering how badly they played last week versus Auburn. Um, and, and that, you know, unbelievably terrible loss for them. Just a heartbreaking loss versus Auburn. And they followed that up with a, with a very nice performance versus the number one team in the country. Uh, that's awesome. So shout out to Missouri for that. But yeah, I want to talk specifically about Georgia, who just hasn't been playing very well in the last two weeks. Last week, they played Kent State, and they beat them uh, 39-22, but they only won by 17 points. They did not cover, um, and they just have not looked sharp the last two weeks. Now, I'm not, I'm not too concerned about them. I think they'll bounce back eventually and start dominating like they had the first four weeks of the season. But they have not looked very good the last two weeks, and their offense needs to wake up. Um, they, they just they just got to wake up. They're not playing very well right now. Uh, the last two weeks have just not been pretty for them. Um, but yeah, like they got to wake up. Um, I still think they're probably the best team in the country at their best. Um, but they lost the number one ranking. Now they're number two behind Alabama. Um, the AP poll. AP voters, uh, you know, punish them for struggling for struggling two weeks in a row, and and they gotta they gotta wake up. Um, you know, I, I'm expecting a big time performance from them next week. Uh, let's see who they're playing. Let me look at their schedule real quick. So they're oh I I already knew that they're playing Auburn. I'm an Auburn fan. I knew that. Uh, so they're playing Auburn at home next week. Uh, they're favored by 29, 29 and a half points. They're gonna destroy Auburn. Auburn is not very good. Um, so. I, I expect Georgia to come out um, in a rivalry game next week and just dominate uh, the Tigers. They're the much better team, and I think they'll show it. They need to show it. They haven't looked good the last two weeks. They need to have a dominant performance ne- next week versus the Auburn Tigers. All right, uh, I got one more college football game I want to talk about, and that is Clemson um, versus NC State. And not only, I don't just want to talk about that, I kind of, I kind of talk about the Clemson Tigers as a whole and the season they're having because the Clemson Tigers look dangerous right now. They look very, very good, and I want to talk about it. So uh, this weekend, the Clemson Tigers played NC State, and they won 30-20. to The final score was uh, really close, but this game wasn't nearly as close as the final score indicates. Let me pull up the box score real quick. Let me find it. Let's see. Clemson, where are you? Let me see. Come on now. 
Come on, I can't find it. Here we go. Um, Clemson, this was actually a very tight game for uh, for a very long time. But Clemson absolutely dominated in the second half. Um, at, at halftime, it was 13-10. Uh, the first half was kind of a defensive battle. But in the second half, Clemson woke up, ended up uh, getting a 30-13 thir- lead in the fourth quarter uh, before North Carolina, uh, before NC State scored once more to kind of make the score look closer than it actually was. But Clemson was great in the second half. Um, and was really dominant. And this was a huge win for them. Um, and this gives them two quality wins this year. They're 5-0. and uh, Last week, they beat Wake Forest. This week, they beat uh, number 10, NC State. So they got two quality wins under their, under their belt. And they look really, really good right now. Uh, DJ Uwiangalele uh, has been playing very well. He played really well in this game. Um, only had 209 passing yards and one passing touchdown. But he added 14 carries for 73 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. He was very productive as a rusher in this game. And he had a QBR of 82.5. He played pretty well in this game. Um, and he's looked great all year. Also got to give a huge shout out to Clemson's defense. They forced two turnovers. Um, and Clemson didn't turn the ball over at all. Which is huge. Um, but yeah, DJ has been playing out of, out of his mind this year. Um, you know, last year he struggled. He did not look good whatsoever last uh, last season, um, which was very surprising considering how well he played in 2020 uh, when Trevor Lawrence went down with an injury. He stepped in as a starter for a few games and looked really, really good. Um, he was very productive. Um, he, the physical tools were very obvious. And I thought at that point that he would become a star. Um, and I, I did not think that last year, like he looked so bad last year. I thought, you know, maybe it was just a flash in the pan in 2020, but now he's come back this year. And right now, um, he has 11 passing touchdowns, one interception on the season. He's been very productive as a rusher. He's top 25 among quarterbacks in QBR. Um, he's been very efficient. Um, and, and, and that's great to see. DJ is a very talented quarterback. And it's great to see him playing at such a high level this year. He's been a stud. And I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. Um, right now, Clemson is number five in the country. Uh, I'm a little surprised that, they're not, that they are not higher. Uh, because, like I mentioned earlier, they have two quality wins against Wake Forest and against NC State. Um, and they're undefeated. They started out ranked number, tw- number four preseason. And they're ranked lower, which doesn't really make sense to me considering their resume. But, yeah, Clemson, they look very good right now. Their offense has played a lot better recently than they did early on this season. Um, they look like a really good team right now. And I can't wait to see what, what they look like moving forward because they got a lot of talent on that team. Their defense is good. They got a very good quarterback. Will Shipley's been pretty good this year. Um, they got a good team. And I think they got a chance to be, to be pretty great this season. Alright, um, also before, I was going to move on to the NFL, but I want to look at some other college football scores. Let me get a drink of coffee real quick. Alright, so there's some other scores that I want to look at. I didn't break down everything, because I just don't have time to do that. I got I to limit what games to talk about. But here are some other big games that we had this weekend. Oklahoma State beat Baylor 36-25 on the road. Big win for Oklahoma State. Wake Forest beat Florida State on the road, uh, winning 31-21. Big win for them. Um, 
TCU upset Oklahoma at home, and they nominated, winning 55-24. Huge win from TCU, who is now a top 25 team. Purdue uh, also upset Minnesota on the road, winning 20-10. Minnesota's best running back, Ibrahim, the running back, uh, Muhammad Ibrahim, was not playing in this game. He was hurt, and that really hurt Minnesota, um, as they only scored 10 points. Big win for Purdue. Um... LSU beat Auburn 21-17 on the road. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, Kansas, they stay undefeated, winning uh, 14-11 versus Iowa State. Big win for them at home to stay undefeated. Now Kansas is a top 25 team. They've been having a great season. Uh, I'm going to end up making a video about them, I think. Um, i, I got to talk about them. Kansas has been awesome this year. And then another game, uh, Mississippi State upset Texas A&M at home, and they were dominant, winning 42-24. to And then one last game I want to talk about is, actually, I got, a, I got a few more games I want to talk about. Alabama beat Arkansas. Where's the score? I cannot find the score here. Where is it? Where is it? All right, Alabama beat Arkansas on the road, 49-26. Alabama was rolling early, and then Arkansas came back after Bryce Young got hurt. Uh, Young suffered a shoulder injury. Uh, so the backup came in, and their offense struggled for a little bit. So Arkansas was able to come back in this game. But Alabama rolled um, in the second half, especially in that fourth quarter. Their offense came alive, and they were able to win by 23 points. Big win for Alabama. And then the last score I want to talk about is Georgia Tech upsetting Pittsburgh 26-21 to on the road. Their head coach, Jeff Collins, got fired last week. Um, but they played very well in this game with their new interim head coach, winning by five points, despite being, what was it, 20, 21 and a half point underdogs. Huge win for Georgia Tech. They've been one of the best, one of the worst teams in the country this year. So it's nice to see them, to see them get a huge win versus a conference opponent here. Shout out to Georgia Tech. I, I, I'm really happy for those kids there in that program. A big win for them. All right, now let's talk about some NFL. And let's start out by talking about the wild Seahawks-Lions game. So this uh, yesterday, the Seahawks took down the Lions in a crazy shootout. This was an absolutely wild game. Um, the Lions were missing a lot of players heading into this game. They were missing DeAndre Swift, Amon Ross St. Brown, and DJ Chark. But they didn't struggle on offense, which was very surprising to me. The Seahawks um, beat the Lions 48-45, to and this was a wild game. So the Seahawks... They were playing very well early in this game, and they ended up going ahead 31-15 in the third quarter. But the Lions weren't done. They came back, um, made it a 38-31 um, game in the fourth quarter. But the Seahawks, they couldn't stop. Uh, they didn't stop scoring points offensively, and the Lions struggled to stop them defensively. Um, so the Lions were never able to take the lead. The Seahawks kept their lead, ended up winning by three points. But this was a wild game uh, offensively for both teams. Uh, there, were, there were over 90 points scored total. Um, both offenses were playing out of their minds. I want to give a huge shout out to Geno Smith, who played pretty well in this game. He had 320 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions for a QBR of 91.3. He was awesome in this game. Uh, he also had seven carries for 49 yards and a touchdown. He was he was super productive as a passer and a rusher. 
Gotta give a huge shout out to Rashad Penny, who balled out, uh, recording 17 carries for 151 yards and two touchdowns. He was awesome in this game. Uh, DK Metcalf was also amazing. He had seven receptions for 149 yards, uh, zero touchdowns, but he was very productive and he was balling out in this game. And then I gotta talk about the Lions. Um, who scored 45 points despite missing DeAndre Swift, um, Amon Ross St. Brown, and DJ Chark. Their offense was unbelievably good. And it all starts with Jared Goff, who had 378 passing yards, four touchdowns, one interception um, for a QBR of 74.9. Um, Jamal Williams uh, replaced uh, DeAndre Swift. He was the starting running back for the Lions in this game. And he played very well, recording 19 carries for 108 yards and two touchdowns. He was amazing in this game, um, as was TJ Hawkinson, their tight end, who had, who had eight receptions for 179 yards and two touchdowns. TJ Hawkinson was amazing. And if you had him in fantasy, you know what I'm talking about. He had over 30 fantasy points in PPR leagues. He was absolutely incredible. And he was just another guy who had a wild individual performance in this game. This was just a wild game. Giving up with it was crazy. I thought the Seahawks uh, would win this game because the Lions were missing so many players. And they did. But it was a lot harder than I than I thought it would be. And this is not what... I did not expect this game to be a crazy shootout. I thought it might be a low-scoring game. But no, it was not whatsoever. As both teams nearly combined for 100 total points. This was crazy. This was a, 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 a really, really fun game to keep up with. All right, now let's talk about the, the Philadelphia Eagles. I haven't talked about them um, at all this season. I want to talk about their game versus the Jaguars. Um, and I want to talk about the season they're having as a whole because they look really good. And I think, I think Jalen Hurts and the Eagles might be elite this year. I think they're going to be a, a pretty special team, and Jalen Hurts is a big reason why. So this weekend, the Eagles beat the Jaguars 29-21. to um, This was a, a, a great matchup. As we saw two talented young quarterbacks and Jalen Hurts and Trevor Lawrence go head-to-head. Um, and this was a really weird game. The Jags went ahead 14-0 after the first quarter, uh, but the Eagles scored 20 unanswered points in the second quarter to go up 20-14 at the half. The Eagles continued the roll in the second half um, as they won 29-21, um, and they honestly should have won by a lot more. They outgained the Jaguars by a lot offensively, and their defense forced five turnovers, and they only turned the ball over once, so they won the turnover margin by four turnovers, and still were only able to win by eight points. That's how weird this game was. Um, I gotta give a huge shout out to Miles Sanders, um, who played very well in this game. He had 27 carries for 134 yards and two touchdowns. He was great. Jalen Hurts, was not very good in this game. Neither was Trevor Lawrence. Both quarterbacks in this game really struggled and didn't play particularly well. Um, but Miles Sanders was great. Uh, A.J. Brown was solid. He had five catches for 95 yards. Um, but the Philadelphia Eagles defense balled out. They played very well. Uh, held the Jaguars to 21 points and forced five turnovers. Uh, Trevor Lawrence played very bad in this game. He had 174 yard passing yards. 
two touchdowns, one interception, but he also had four fumbles. He lost four fumbles. That is unbelievable. That's wild. You don't see that very often. Um, but the Jaguars offense just struggled in this game. They were playing well early, but, um, the turnovers killed them and the Eagles defense balled out and, and, and that's why they were able to win this game by eight points. But yeah, this is a wild game, but I want to talk about just the Eagles, how well they've been playing. I uh, mean, how good Jalen Hurts looks right now. So this year, um, the Eagles are, they're undefeated right now, right? They're 4-0, I believe. Let me look. They are now ESPN. Why? Why the ESPN app is so bad? It is complete garbage. Can I please click this? No. Now I gotta go to the ESPN app or the CBS Sports app. I hate ESPN. So this right now the Eagles are four zero. They're undefeated and they look like one of the best teams in the NFL. Like they are just flat out one of the best teams in the league. And one of the re- main reasons why is Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has just been absolutely incredible this year. He is balling out, and he looks like a star. I'm not kidding. He looks like a star. He's been awesome. Uh, the passing num- the passing numbers haven't looked out of this world. I know he only has four passing touchdowns and two interceptions, um, but he's been pretty efficient, and the rushing has been unbelievable. Like he's he's one of the best rushing quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, the passing volume may not be there quite yet, but he's been very efficient as a passer. And his rushing productivity has been unbelievable. But the Eagles, they have a, a, a very good offense. Uh, they got a lot of talent on that team, on that side of the ball. They got A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard, um, Jalen Hurts, obviously, who I've been talking about. They have so much talent on offense. And their defense is very good. And that combination is going to allow them to be a dominant team all year long. I can't wait to see... Um, how they play the rest of the year, and I can't wait to see them in the playoffs. But yeah, the the Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles are awesome, and I think they are going to be one of the best teams in the NFL this year. All right, now let's talk about one of the crazier games this weekend, and that is Bills versus Ravens. So this weekend, the Bills shocked the Ravens with an insane comeback. The Bills ended up beating the Ravens this weekend 23-20, and the Ravens were dominating early as they took a 20-3 lead in the second quarter. The Bills stormed back, though, scoring 17 unanswered points to tie the game in the third quarter. But with around four minutes to go in the fourth quarter, the Ravens were inside the 10-yard line, um, and after two failed runs, they faced a fourth and goal. And at this point, um, you know, it was a tie game, 20-20, with a few minutes left in the game. There was still a, a decent amount of time left, and all the Ravens had to do was kick a field goal to take the lead. But they ended up going for it. They went for it on fourth and goal, um, and Lamar Jackson threw an interception. He had a wide-open receiver, uh, Devin Duvernay, in the back of the end zone, but he missed him, ended up throwing a pick, and the Bills got the ball on the 20-yard line. Um... The Bills responded by driving down the field, and they ended up kicking a game-winning field goal as time expired. And John Harbaugh caught a lot of flack for his decision to go for it on fourth and goal with a few minutes left when the game was tied. And honestly, I understand why you go for it there, uh, because, you know, the weather was terrible in this game. 
um, they are on the goal line. They're, they were on like the three yard line at this point. And if you if you score if you go for it and you score a touchdown, you're up by seven, and that forces the Bills to to score a touchdown on their next drive. It puts a ton of pressure on the Bills, and it gives you a very good chance to win the game. Um, all and also if you don't get it and you you know you throw an incomplete pass or you run again and you and you don't get in. The Bills have very bad field position, and you're likely going to get the ball back. Now, what happened was worse. They ended up throwing a pick, and so they didn't score, and also the Bills got the ball on the 20-yard line. So the worst possible thing happened there, uh, but I understand why you go for it. However, I'm not really sure that it's the right decision to go for it. I get, like, I, I I love it when coaches are aggressive, and I get why you go for it there. But it's a tie game. The field, you, you're, the weather is terrible. You need to just go, you need to just get the lead. You can take points here. There was a few minutes left in the game. Um, if you don't get a stop on your, on your next drive, you'll still probably have time um, to get the ball back and to have one more possession. Um, but they ended up going going for it, and Lamar Jackson just made a costly mistake. Um, th- that was a really bad play by him, and it was a really odd decision by the Ravens to go for it. I get why they did it. I'm still not sure that it's the right decision. I know some analytical models were saying that it was the right decision to go for it, and I get it. Like getting a touchdown there gives you such a good chance to win the to win the game. Like if you score a touchdown there. Like, your chances of winning the game are exponentially high. Like, they're stupid high. Um, but the risk there was weird. Um, and, and the interception just made this look like a really terrible play. And I think a field goal would have been a very solid decision there. But who knows? I know a lot of people were upset. I get both sides. And I and I think I lean more on the kicking a field goal. Um, because it's like almost guaranteed points there. And it gives you the lead with a few minutes remaining. I get, you know, giving the ball, giving the ball to Josh Allen, needing only a field goal to tie the game is scary. Uh, but you got to be smart, and when you when you're playing, when you're coaching super aggressively, you got to consider uh, the risk. And I think the risk here was just a little too high. Um, and I think there was just a, you know, you got to take the points there, in my opinion. Uh, you got the lead right there if you just kick the field goal. I know the field goal isn't a guarantee. Um, but it's very close to a guarantee, and it gives you the lead. I think you got to go for it there and kick the and kick the field goal. But those are just my thoughts. Let's go ahead and close out this episode by talking about uh, last night's Chiefs and Buccaneers game. The Chiefs put on a show versus the Buccaneers, and they looked very good. They won forty-one to thirty-one last night on Sunday Night Football. They looked incredible. Um, the final score may have been fairly close, but the Chiefs had full control of this game for most of the game and were pretty dominant, leading by as many as 18 points at one point. Patrick Mahomes was very good in this game. He played r- really well, and he made some wild throws. Um, he had 249 passing yards, three touchdowns, one interception. He wasn't super efficient, um, but man... He had made some wild throws in this game. He had this one throw uh, where he was running, scrambling. Uh, they were inside the 10-yard line, um, and he was about to get sacked, and he just, like, flips the ball up to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, which was awesome, and it, and it ended up being a, a complete pass for a touchdown. It was a wild play. If you were watching the game, 
Uh, you probably saw it. You may have even seen highlights of it after the game. It was a crazy play. Um, also got to give a huge shout out to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who balled out. He had 19 carries for 92 yards and a touchdown. He played very well. Travis Kelsey was also awesome. He had 9 catches for 92 yards and a touchdown. He was amazing. He played well. Um, and I got to look at the Buccaneers. This was a really weird game for the Buccaneers. Um, I'll get to why in a minute. Gotta give a huge shout out to Mike Evans, who had eight catches for 103 yards and two touchdowns. He was dominant in this game. They had one, the Buccaneers had one drive right before the half where they were desperate and needed to score because um, they were down double digits. And Mike Evans was just making so many big time plays. Um, he was awesome in this game. He was super productive. Uh, Tom Brady w- was pretty good. He had 385 passing yards. Three touchdowns, zero interceptions. He was pretty good. And what made this such a weird game for the Bucks is how not good their rushing attack was. They had just six carries for three yards on the ground. That is unbelievable. Like, uh, that is crazy. That's wild. I've never seen anything like that, especially from a team like the Buccaneers, uh, which relies heavily on their rushing attack. The fact that they were so unproductive on the ground it's absolutely wild. But yeah, this was a big a big win for the for the Chiefs. They played very well uh, for most of the game. I know it looks like uh, like a close game, but it really wasn't. They were dominant. They had full control. Their offense was clicking. I've been very surprised um, by their offense this year. Their offense has been so good. Um, it's been a huge surprise to me because um, they lost Tyreek Kill. I thought they might take a step back. But they haven't. Patrick Mahomes has been as good as ever. Uh, Travis Kelsey has looked amazing. Their offense has been great. One of the best in the league. um, If not the best. And they put on a show versus the Buccaneers. And this was a statement win in my opinion. Like they, they showed that they are one of the best teams in the league still. They are not going anywhere this year. And they proved that versus the Buccaneers. I want to look at some other NFL scores before I end the podcast. Uh, the Packers ended up beating the Patriots in overtime, winning 27-24. Uh, the Patriots did not have Mac Jones, um, and they played pretty well still, but they weren't able to win the game. Um, the Raiders beat the Broncos uh, for their first win of the season, winning 32-23. Big win for them. The Cardinals uh, beat the Panthers. This was a fun game, winning 26-16. to um, Zach Wilson played for the first time this year, and the Jets beat the Steelers and winning 24-20. We also saw Kenny Pickett a little bit. Uh, he got to play a little bit yesterday, um, but he turned the ball over twice. He threw, through, he threw two interceptions, um, and the Steelers ended up losing. Uh, big win for the Jets. Uh, let's see, is there anything else I want to talk about? The Vikings won in London. They beat the Saints, winning 28-25. This game, this game came down to the wire, and this was a big win for the Vikings. Um, let's see. Uh, the Falcons won a game. They beat the Browns. This was a close game, um, and the, the Falcons were able to squeak out a tight victory, winning 23-20. And that's pretty much everything I want to talk about. Um, 
But yeah, that's it for this episode of the podcast. I hope y'all enjoyed. If you want to see more content from me, you can check out my website at thewiresports.com. You can check out my YouTube channel at The Wire. You can check out my um, TikTok page at the.wire.sports. Um, if you want to follow me on social media, hit me up there at the Ryan McCrary. That's the R-Y-A-N-M-C-C-R-A-R-Y. Um, and that's my handle on Instagram and Twitter. But yeah, that's all I got to talk about today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, and I will see y'all next time. Peace.